everyone. Welcome to ACME and to Studio One for tonight's uh, session of Live in the Studio. Um, Live in the Studio is ACME's monthly look at everything to do with TV. Uh, tonight, obviously, we're live in the studio with the Muppets, and we're also live in the studio with Josh Canal and John Richards, who some of you might know already as part of the Box Cutters team. Um, so we've got about an hour and a half or so of all things Muppet. Or um, more. And although, although the box cutters don't really need much of an introduction, um, I need to earn my keep, so I'm going to give them a little one. Uh, Josh Canal's been an entertainment journalist, broadcaster and writer since 1993, uh, writing for publications such as Rolling Stone, uh, Impress, and uh, amongst others. And he also pre has presented on Triple R, Triple J, ABC Radio National, and Channel 31. Uh, he currently produces and co-hosts the Box Cutters uh, podcast and runs the web production company Soup Giant. That's right. Is. Yes. And writes uh, a little at littlerunningbear.com, amongst others. Uh, John is the co-creator of the soon-to-be-hit TV show Outland. <laughs> Due to arrive on ABC any second. Um, as well as a short film by the same name. He also produced and presented the Outland Institute program on Joy FM uh, and writes at the Outland Institute website. Uh, he co-hosts the weekly uh, Box Cutter podcast with Josh. Uh, together as the Bosk Box Cutters, Josh and John take a compelling and pretty hilarious weekly look uh, at all, all things TV, discussing and quite often taking the piss out of uh, everything from reality TV to Joey Jeremiah from Degrassi. Um, in fact, they're taking the piss out of me right now, so I'm going to quickly <laughs> remind you all that tonight's session... <laughs> Tonight's session is being recorded for a podcast, um, so turn your phones on silent if you haven't already. Uh, another quick housekeeping, we are at maximum capacity, as you can see. Uh, if you do need to leave early, which we hope you don't, but if you do need to get out of here at any stage, uh, if you could just go by this entrance here rather than that one, um, we'll have an usher sitting here that can direct you out. Uh, and other than that, enjoy the show. You've got to wait for Gonzo. I, I like the fact we've started the show by warning you how to leave. I, I yeah. think that's, yeah. that's a very brave move. I, I, I was going to say, if anyone needs to leave, shout fire. Because <laughs> that always works. Also, less awkward for us. Yeah. We're going, oh, they left because there was a oh, fire. Oh, yeah, fire. <laughs> it, it wasn't because we weren't good. <laughs> uh, all right, this is serious. All right, it's not a clip show of your favourite bits of The Muppets. So if you came for that, sorry. <laughs> this is going to be a serious look at how The Muppet Show changed the world. Woo! So there's going to be none of this. <laughs> and there's going to be none of this. Right, and you can see why there's going to be none of that, because no one wants to see that. No. Really. really. Sheer waste of time. Just a waste of time. Mm. 
So, John, I think yeah. what we are going to look at here, yeah, yeah. though, because yeah. maybe some of you aren't that familiar with The Muppet Show. We're not doing The Muppets as a whole. We're doing The mm. Muppet Show in particular, which ran from, John? Uh, it ran, Josh, from September 1976 through to March 1981. Uh, that's five series. There was 120 episodes and two separate pilots. Right, see, that's too much information. Okay, sure. I think we're just going to cover off on a minimum. On a what? A minimum. On a what? A minimum. <laughs> they spent ages hooking that up for us. Hey, hey Josh, you remember back in the 90s when Sydney's water supply got infected and everyone got that disease? What was it called? Giardia. <laughs> See, I, I never remember what that disease is called. I, uh, I remember it because it sounds like... Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. So we like to start by looking at the opening credits because we think the opening credits of a show really tells you everything that you need to know about the show or not. And you discover that pretty quickly in about one minute to 90 seconds. So here are the opening credits for The Muppet Show. It's The Muppet Show with our very special guest stars Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. Of course. So, uh, The Muppet Show, uh, I'm assuming you've probably seen it. If you haven't, this is a weird way to start. (laughs) But The Muppet Show, Josh, what was it about? Well, essentially it was... What what was it? Yeah, what was it? It It was a variety show made for TV, Mm -hmm. performed in a theatre, starring puppets, made by Americans in England. (laughs) That sounds like a bit of a mess. Well... Yes, and no. Mm-hmm. It was... Okay, so, so it was a theatre show Yeah. that was on TV mm-hmm. and it was made by puppets for an audience that... We're it, also puppets. We're also puppets. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in doing all of that, yep. it managed to be subversive, funny, charming, violent, and as I said before, it changed television forever. And we'll be proving that mathematically, later on. <laughs> uh, it's interesting, too, because you mentioned before that it's a weird thing that it's presented like it's a variety of vaudeville show. We're in the round. This is so strange. Hello, everyone. Um, <laughs> We're like Def Leppard. Uh, we are so like Def Leppard. Um, so it's, it's we're like you're saying, it's a vaudeville show, effectively. It's a, it's a musical show. It's, it's, except yeah. that it also does TV parodies, and it also... It uh, has a, a weekly and, soap it, segment. And, and then it's also got the backstage part. And mm-hmm. it's got a, a, a little bit of everything. So to give you an idea, here's a clip we're going to show. This shows some of the backstage... No, that's much later. ...shenanigans. No, it does. It does. 
Yeah, come yeah. with me. Really? Yeah, yeah, Are yeah. Are you yeah. sure? Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See you. Yeah. Mark Well, that's another 10 for Diana Ross. Okay, now who'd like to go out there and follow that? Somebody stupid enough to go out there and face that audience. I'll do it, Kermit. I've got the ultimate act, but I'm going to need a typewriter for it. Uh, what kind of we don't have a typewriter? Then I'll use a cow. <laughs> what is this act of yours? I can sum it up in one word. Huh? Indescribable. <laughs> Why not? Incidentally, if this show goes horribly wrong at any time, we will be using Diana Ross as our go-to. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Diana Ross! <laughs> oh, hey, wait, that, that, that comes later. Oh, yeah, that comes later. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That bit comes later. So, yeah, so you can see there are backstage bits, there are bits that are on stage, there's variety stuff. There's so much I love about that clip. Gonzo, it's, it's, there's, there's fire, there's a tyre. And there's a cow. And there's a cow. Um, it's, it's, I, I want to I see how it ends. There, there's, I mean, one of the great things about the Muppet Show is that it would combine these, you know, it had, it had musical numbers, it had guest stars, it had often very surreal elements, it had violence. And so I'd like to show a clip that includes all four of those at the same time. Uh, this is guest star Alan Arkin. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the fabulously talented The Bun Bun Brothers...
one you missed. <laughs> I'm, I'm not convinced you'd be able to do that now <laughs> on a kids' show. I think you would actually get in trouble. I should have mentioned that Alan Ark and Dr. Bunsen Honeydew had, of course, turned him into a... Anyway. Uh, uh, it doesn't need backstory. I don't think that needs backstory. I also know that's, that's the... Uh, Probably the most athletic thing you've seen either Statler or Walker do. <laughs> Ever. Uh, but where did the Muppet Show come from? Because it's clearly, it makes no sense, right? There's, how it came to exist is by a strange set of, of situations. Of course, the Sesame Street came before this, and the Muppets were popular already on Sesame Street as, as a kind of puppet part of the show. If you're not familiar with Ses- Sesame Street, Welcome. <laughs> so Sesame Street starts in 69, a few years earlier. Yeah. And, but and Henson that, wants a bit more of a mainstream A, a mainstream uh, and more adult family, adult yeah. oriented thing. He also had uh, another show called Sam and Friends uh, that uh, featured almost a Kermit the Frog. Uh, it was uh, largely black and white uh, sketch comedy with, with puppets. Uh, and... And then also, like, Rolf appeared on a variety show as a guest pianist sometimes. And the Muppets also regular attend guests on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson for reasons I still don't quite understand. But they were, they were regularly on that. So if, if we're looking at before The Muppet Show and, and before everyone knew the, the word Muppets, this is kind of the thing, the, the sort of thing that, that we're well, looking at. Well, let's have a look at what Kermit was doing in 1965. Greetings. I am Kermit the Frog, author of Professional Salesmanship. I have been asked to pass on to you some of my secrets for a successful selling. Through the years, I have learned many helpful techniques to success in terms of basic approaches to selling. Uh, at this time, I would like to enumerate my stepping stones to success. Uh, here then are my stepping stones to success. There are 97 of them. I I, I shall touch on them very briefly. Number one, always be courteous. Courtesy is the watchword of fine selling. Always remember what Ralph Waldo Emerson said in letter two. Let's go on to point number two. Point number two is not very important, so let's skip to point 35. I forget that one. Let's concentrate on point 47. Use emotionally charged words. Train yourself to employ naturally a vocabulary which will capture the imagination of your prospect. <laughs> Point 72. Philippi uh, is that great Roman historian. <laughs> Finally, Point 97. Always remember those great words of our leader. Friends, it's time for the coffee break. <laughs>
So in answer to the question, what was Kermit doing in 1965? Corporate shilling and late night snuff films. <laughs> really, it was, it was only going to go up from there, really? wasn't it? It's, can, can I also just point out, I think... We think it might be Woody Allen sitting next to... A, uh, yeah, which is kind of freaky. Or a Woody Allen impersonator. But, but everyone did look like Woody Allen in 1965. That's true. That's, well, that's why the Muppets had to come out. <laughs> because everyone looked the same. Like Woody Allen. Is that not... That's the thing? Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's, no, that's a fact. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's mathematically <coughs> provable. That, that is mathematically <laughs> provable. Uh, so, that's what Kermit was doing. So, that's also... You can see where the violence was. That Jim Henson clearly had this idea of violence is comedy. Uh, and which, he was right, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's... Nothing funnier than something eating something else. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but Jim Henson was also motivated by money. And wanted to have his own show yeah. where he could uh, put all of this stuff forward. So they put a pitch together and took it to some US networks. And so this is a little bit of the pitch that they made to try and get the Muppet show up. No! Oh, no. That's Kermit again! Author of professionals. These two giants of the industry have fused their creative juices into one great explosion of brilliant television programming. And what is this fusion of creative juices called? The Muppet Show. A show that will be loved and adored by every Nielsen home in the country. Small children will love the cute, cuddly characters. Young people will love the fresh and innovative comedy. College kids and intellectual eggheads will love the underlying symbolism of everything. 
freaky, long-haired, dirty, cynical hippies. We love our freaky, long-haired, dirty, cynical muppets. needs the Muppet Show, and you should buy this show! Now, we're not pulling any punches here. I mean, there's nothing subtle about this bitch. So buy the show and put it on the air, and we'll all be famous. The Muppets will be famous, and CBS will be famous because we'll have a hit show on our hands, and we'll all get temperamental and hard to work with, but you won't care! We made that. So Henson, Henson did did get what he wanted <laughs> to a degree. He got he, he got the, the right to make a pilot. Two, in fact. Two pilots were made for ABC Television. These aired in 1974. The first one was called The Muppets Valentine Show and starred Mia Farrow. The second one uh, aired in March 1975 on ABC at 8pm. It was called The Muppet Show Sex and Violence. And this is the first time the phrase The Muppet Show is actually seen on screen. And so this was time. ABC, and that was a pitch we saw for CBS. Yeah. So it, it, it was shopped around a fair bit. So he managed to get these, these two up. Now, the entire Sex and Violence pilot is on the first box set of the DVDs. Um, we're going to show you, this is actually about five minutes of footage. Just to give you an idea, we've cut down kind of to show you bits of sketches, because it's quite interesting that there's, a, there's quite a late-night vibe to it, it feels. Well, it's called Sex and Violence. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not at 8pm, but it feels more like it should be on at 11.30 or something. Oh, it a... it's, people went to bed a lot earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's quite interesting. And also at this point, uh, some of the secondary characters are there, but the, the main characters, even Kermit only makes one very brief appearance in this whole pilot, which you won't see. But uh, there was, yeah, other characters, and, and you'll see the whole tone is, is slightly odd. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the end of sex and violence on television. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Muppet Show. Okay, now it. <clears throat> what we have here is uh, the conference room, which is sort of the nerve center of the place. Uh, right there, this is our company wise man, right there. Harry, no more explosions, huh? Okay. Then let's see, over here we got... Uh... Hi there, animal. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. What do you say? Oh, boy! What do you say?
<laughs> Rosa felt nice, but Gladys felt nicer. <laughs> Very droll. Mm. Did you get that one, George? No. You're about to see something very, very strange. It, it freaks me out every time. So as the end credits play, we start to pull out. <laughs> and then they show the puppeteers. It is wrong. Right. No, you're, you're right. It is completely, that is... And we did. Uh, it's it's really it's really wrong and and weird. And that the first time I saw that, it, it made me feel like dirty and I shower. And because we're not supposed to. I think there's there's a level to which we'll accept all the craziness that goes on on the Muppet Show. Uh, we'll we'll accept that they're not real. We'll accept that. Uh, there are chickens all over the place for no good reason. We'll accept that there are rats that sing Irish jigs. We'll accept all of that, but we can't accept the fact that there are humans underneath them. That just freaks us out. <laughs> it is really, really odd. That's, so, that's, kind of, that's the end, though. So that special went to air. Um, so that, yeah, pretty much the, the final bit here is that it was actually Lou Grade in England who invited Henson to go there. And so... That's why it ended up being made as co-production between CBS Syndication, would play it in the US, uh, ITV, the commercial network, would play it in the UK. And so, again, the show, I think, ends up with a strange English kind of feeling and often strange English guests because it was being made, you know, outside of the kind of Hollywood system. Yeah, and that, and that ending uh, that, that we just saw where it gets us to start thinking about what is it that we're watching... That's really kind of a part of overthinking The Muppet Show. <laughs> That's really where we come into this idea of what is it that we're seeing. As, as we said before, it is a theatre show. It is a theatre show that we're watching on TV. But it's a theatre show that is different every week. We're also seeing all the backstage stuff of the theatre show. And we also know that the theatre show itself has an audience. Mm-hmm. The theatre show is made by puppets... And the fact that it's special is that they're puppets and they have a human guest star. But if that's so special, then why is their audience puppets as well? Why do the two guys in the balcony always come when they... They clearly don't enjoy this. (laughs) You can can think of it on on so many levels. Can can I think of it on so many levels? Sure. I've got some levels to think about it. Can I have a go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a go. Have Can a I go. go? All right. All right. Okay. Uh, John's going to have a go. I'm going to go overthinking the Muppet Show. To overthink the Muppet Show, I'm going to start off with some penguins on a boat, please. Where are we going? Where are we going? 
Now that is clearly awesome. <laughs> this, I mean this. I mean, just, just, just look. These are penguins. They are dressed as 17th century pilgrims, <laughs> singing a song from the 1920s in American accents about travelling to a state that is almost entirely landlocked. <laughs> it's also a song about being on a train. It also has a dance sequence in it when they clearly have no legs. It's, it's tap dancing. It's tap it's dancing. It's tap dancing, they've got no feet. Tap dancing with no legs. So that is yeah, a truly brilliant bit of surreal whimsy. But surely there's no subtext we can find in that. Or can we? <laughs> now, the clue here, I think, is the inclusion of the song Alabama Bound. It was written in 1924 at Tin Pan Alley. Uh, Ray Henderson, Buddy Silver, Bud Green for the vaudeville stage, made famous by Al Jolson. Some of you may be ahead of me. If I was in the 1970s, mm. if I was in England, if I watched a lot of variety television, if I was the sort of person making variety television in England in the 1970s, where else might I hear the song Alabama Bound? Here's a clue. That's Mickey Rooney. I love that thing. <laughs> now, that's Mickey Rooney from the film Babes on Broadway, 1941. You will see Judy Garland in blackface in a moment, too. Once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. Uh, Alabama Bound was a popular minstrel number. Now, for those of you who have safely managed to go through your whole life without knowing about minstrels, uh, it was an American vaudeville thing. There she Can't is. Can't unsee it. 18, started around the 1830s. By 1960s, it had died out because it's unbelievably racist. Uh, even Don Draper was a bit upset when it happened at a garden party he went to. Now... In England, however, oh, look, it's the black and white minstrel show, which ran until 1978. Uh, yeah, it played here two people longer than it did in England. I think after the two Ronnies. Every Saturday night, these minstrels, they would, they would perform. They would perform songs like Swanee, Camden Races, Old Man River, Alabama Bound, all those traditional black songs all written by white guys in New York. And Alabama Bound was a number that would, would often show up on these shows. Um, in a second, too, if, if we go long enough, you'll see the Are You Being Served gang in blackface from their 1981 Christmas special. Can't unsee it. <laughs> so, while the US had stopped doing this, the UK was still doing this. And Alabama Bound, it's an odd number to choose. That's what I'm saying. And I, I'm now just do, killing do you, time because I really want to. You want to stretch because you want to see Molly. I want to see Molly Sugden in blackface. Yeah, it's it's kind of worth waiting for if you never want to sleep again. I I had to edit this stuff and I felt dirty. Like I actually found watching this on screen. Oh good lord! Is it possible you sourced too much black and white minstrel material? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, there we oh, go. Here, here we go. Yeah. Okay, so this is my point. We have two sets of minstrels. Josh, if you would be so kind. One okay, set of minstrels 
is black and white. One set of minstrels is literally black and white. <laughs> They're both singing Alabama Bound. I suspect that this isn't just a bit of variety whimsy, a bit of surreal, you know, play with form. I think it's also the Muppet team actually making a very subtle but, you know, trenchant social comment in the middle of a show that was adored by children. Or it could just be a coincidence. <laughs> but they were really clever people. They were really clever people. And, and, they, and they, they did this kind of social commentary all the time in their sketches. Uh, oftentimes we were just too young to get it, I think. Yes. But, yeah. but going through, there's, there, there's things like that all the time. Like that Alan Arkin sketch that we saw. Mm-hmm. That was uh, an answer to the anti-bunny movement of the late 70s. <laughs> it's also just, just the way they choose music in the show is fascinating because they don't do what you would expect a show like this to do and just go for pop tunes. It's often obscure show tunes, it's Tin Pan Alley songs, it's, it's, well, it's jazz numbers. It's vaudeville, so, yeah. so it's things from all ages, for all ages, because it is a variety show. And I think my observation on this entitles me to wear this T-shirt, the one that tells you I appreciate the Muppets on a much deeper <laughs> level than you. <laughs> Which has been a bestseller at the Onion website for about a decade now. <laughs> Now, John, I, I think you'd be well, well inclined to, uh, to wear that T-shirt if you knew a bit more about the characters. Right, yeah. And the characters are really what make the show. I mean, the, the characters are the things that we tuned in for week after week. Sure, there were, there were the sketches, there were the running gags, they were great. But the people who were in the show and making the show... They were really what we wanted. So to find out a little bit more about the characters, we asked a bunch of puppeteers at the National Puppeteers Convention in the US a couple of months ago, uh, who their favourite characters in The Muppets were. My favourite Muppet character is Gonzo, because he is amazing and blue. And what is he? I don't know. The guy that always had something in his suit? Yes, Kermit. I just, I feel like Kermit's the glue, you know, he makes everything go. And he's so good and flawed, and I love that. Miss Piggy, um, probably just because she's so way out there and always had to be brought back in by Kermit or some rest of probably Miss Piggy. Because she was a star. Yeah, and she had a star on her door, you know, and like, I wanted that, like, I really wanted that. Josh, no, no, they may be professionals, but they are clearly not overthinking the Muppets enough. I have another theory. Really? You have another theory? About the characters? Yeah. 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 
The Muppets is all about loss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, here we go. Oh, this is like that moment last one where we revealed someone died at the end of a show. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, this is my theory about the Muppets. Now, Nick Cave wrote an essay once about the Kylie Minogue song, Better the Devil You Know. And he, no, this is seriously, he said in this that uh, the reason why Better the Devil You Know is such a great song is because it's all about a woman who basically really wants something better, but she's putting up with what she can get. And it sounds like a happy song, but it's actually quite sad. And it's about this gap between what she wants and what she can have. And you'll find a lot of, especially a lot of ABBA actually falls into that as well, this weird gap between what people want and what they're going to have. Mm-hmm. If you look at the Muppets, all of them desperately want something they are never, ever going to get. Can we so, prove this mathematically? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kermit, for example. Kermit wants to run a really professional show. He wants order in his life. He wants this all to go really well. Never going to happen. He's never going to get that. He's never going to be a professional show. Um, who are you going next? Uh, Miss Piggy. Miss, Miss Piggy, Piggy wants Kermit. She wants She's Kermit. never going to get Kermit. And she wants stardom. Well, she's kind of got stardom, but she'll mm. never get that love that she wants from Kermit. Are you sure? Have you seen the show she's in? <laughs> That's true. She's the Sally Bowles of the... Yes. Uh, of the <laughs> you know, but, but she's, she's not going to get what she wants. Um, who got next to you? Uh, Fuzzy. Oh, Fuzzy. Fuzzy wants to be loved. He desperately wants to be loved. He wants That's, to be the world's best comedian. Why does, be funny. Yeah, but why does anyone go into comedy? Because they want to be loved. They're, because they're damaged. Mm. I think that's the word you were looking for. That's, yeah, I, was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't want to... So Fozzie, yeah. who was actually, I'm going to say Fozzie was, was my favourite. Fozzie, um, yeah, he's never going to get what he wants. The most complicated one is oh, Gonzo. Gonzo wants Gonzo to... wants acceptance because he's a weirdo. He but he, he wants more than that. He, he wants the acceptance of... The, the world to, to understand that the love between a Gonzo weirdo... And, and a, a chicken, chicken is completely natural. <laughs> but he now does, in, yeah. in New York City, it is. He, yes. but, <laughs> and he does. He, he wants to be accepted. I mean, you can go through all of them. Scooter wants respect. You know, it's. Um, I so, mean, uh, Scooter is actually also really, really interesting. See, he wants respect. He's a gopher, but he also holds his. The, the fact that his uncle owns the theatre over Kermit, so he has these power plays mm-hmm. with Kermit, but he still never gets the respect that he needs for it. Uh, and Sam, Sam the be- Eagle. Sam the Eagle wants to live in a world which probably never existed to begin with. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a neocon. He's a, you know, he wants... He, he wants Charlton Heston on every corner. He does. Um, <laughs> animal is bloody... He's a Freudian. I mean, Animal is just nothing but desire. And he's kept in chains. Like, he's actually physically restrained from acting out what he wants. Um, we talked about Stalin World Up before. Beaker... Uh, Beaker really... I think Beaker just wants to not have his job anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Beaker wants a world in which this will no longer happen to yes. him. Yes, yes, poor yeah. Beaker. And this is what I mean. And, this, this, and I seriously do believe this is part of the reason why we feel so strongly with the Muppets and we don't necessarily for Fraggle Rock or any of the shows that were just as good. Oh, I, I had the yeah, mm. <laughs> I, I, I mean, Fraggle Rock, people go, I love that because I remember it when I was a child, it's part of my childhood, but I don't think people emotionally necessarily connect as much as they do to perhaps Kermit or Fozzie. That, that understanding of that loss, you know, that, that kind of need in these characters, which is so rare on television generally, let alone when they're made of felt. And I think it's, it's quite, they're quite complex characters, which allows you to overthink it and wear that T-shirt. Well, yeah, but it, so as much as we've talked about the show not making sense, the thing that does make sense are, are the emotions... We connected to The Muppet Show on an emotional level that 
we didn't connect to any other show at the time, mm-hmm. uh, except for maybe Norman Gunston. No, it's just you. Right, right. Just you. Just me. Yeah. Just me. Uh, the only, I was going to say person, character, that doesn't, <laughs> character. Fit, into, doesn't fit into this is Rolf. Rolf has <laughs> what he wants. Rolf is a pianist. He likes playing ragtime. There was a slight melancholy Tom Waits-ish to him. Yeah, but, but he's, just the, he's just a blues player. Like, he just yeah, wants to play yeah, the blues, yeah. right? Yeah. That's, he's a dog who is also a musician, and he just wants to play piano, and he's got a job playing piano. Mm. He's content yeah, yeah. and has no desire. Uh, wow, that's deep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now you can wear that T-shirt. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, I've earned the T-shirt. So, uh, so should we show a clip of Yeah, Rolf? so this is just to, to give you an example of, of how much Rolf but can, I, can, I just, can I say this? Yes, I discovered yes. a fact. This is actually one of my favourite bits ever of the Muppets. I don't know why. It just has always appealed to me. When we were looking for it, I discovered this is called the UK spot. Because it turns out each episode of The Muppet Show was two minutes longer in the UK than it was in the US because of different number of ads that CBS played as opposed to ITV. So people watching in England got two bonus minutes of Muppets every week that the Americans didn't get. And usually it was like one song. Uh, and so you like to see this is actually just one take. It's one shot, uh, one song. And I think it's, it's very cute. Or it goes the other way around. I don't know how they do it. I don't want to know how they no, do it. No, no, I think it's just it's, Rolf. 
Yeah. It's just Rolf. Rolf plays the piano. He's magical. So... Actually, can I also, I, I'm, I'm really curious if you know, Can anyone tell me what musical that song came from? Seesaw. I knew you'd know that, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it does come from the musical Seesaw. Thank you very much, Daniel Kilby from <laughs> Joy 94.9's Theme Party. <laughs> <laughs> gay radio. <laughs> well, someone from gay radio knew about a, a, a musical number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, the Legacy. The legacy of The Muppet Show. There were, of course, movies and TV shows that came out of The Muppet Show. There, there are, oh, there are dozens, there are dozens and dozens and dozens, especially if you, if you kind of combine the Sesame Street Muppet of... Uh, you know, there's, there's an interesting bit in, uh, in, in The Muppet Movie mm-hmm. where Big Bird is on a road and they stop to... to uh, but he's going to New York to, to be break into public television. Yeah, yeah to, to, to go into public television. But that shot is almost exactly the same as the poster for Follow That Bird. Oh, so they happen at the same time. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, what, that's what it's like Mystery Train. It, it is. Yeah. It's exactly like Mystery Train. It's like if Jim Jarmusch was directing The Muppets. And that's how they <laughs> overthink The Muppets. Hey! <laughs> Actually, I've got a note here, which I think you mentioned, that, that whole thing about loss. I just had a list here of the songs that were actually in the Muppet, in the Muppet movie. Uh, the title's like, Never Before, Never Again. Uh, I hope that something better comes along. Um, moving right along. I'm going to get back there someday. Not now. <laughs> but someday. someday. It's that loss. It's that loss that goes through. But look, I've, I've got to say that um, there are so many movies and TV shows to talk about. The Muppet Show was a phenomenon. A phenomenon. A phenomenon. <laughs> like Pedro Almodovar, they, they form into sort of trilogies where they're good, and then they're a bit shit for a bit, and then they get good again. Um, the first three Muppet movies, The Muppet Movie in 79, The Great Muppet Caper in 81, The Muppet in Manhattan in 84, they're all brilliant. They're, they're excellent, excellent films. Um, they fade a little later on when they, they become telly movies, like it's a very Muppet, it's a very merry Muppet Christmas movie from 2002. Uh, the Muppets Wizard of Oz in 2005 is probably the worst one. I, I thought we could just compare the, uh, the guests, the uh, special guest stars. The Muppet movie's got uh, Bob Hope, Cloris Leachman, Steve Martin, Richard Pryor, and Orson Welles. It's a very merry Muppet movie. has David Arquette, Carson Daly, and Zach Braff. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, to be fair, Muppet Christmas does also have Whoopi Goldberg and William H. Macy in it. And Mel Brooks is in both. <laughs> yeah, he crosses boundaries. He so does. Um, let, let's, let's show... Uh, uh, this is... This yeah. is uh, absolute highlight from the Muppet movie. Complete spoiler. This is Orson Welles' big moment in the Muppet movie. This is, this is, this is actually, like, but before he was uh, Optimus Prime, this was his biggest role. <laughs> yes, Mr. Lord, I'll have a deal memos for you in a jiffy. tadpoles until they're hatched. I still have to audition, you know. Hey, it ain't nothing to it but to do it. And where do you think you're going? Oh, hi there. Uh, I'm going to audition for Lou Lord. Mm-hmm. You can't just walk in here off the street, you know. Especially not with all these animals. Animals? What's wrong with animals? <laughs> 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 
see Lou Lord, aren't we, gang? Huh? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. 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 Sit right down and wait. Miss Garrett and Miss Katie. Uh -huh. but I'm here to audition. Yes, yeah, audition. Yes. Uh, we've come over 2,000 miles to... Tracy, prepare the standard rich and famous contract for Kermit the Frog and Company. I, I think Citizen Kane comes close second to that. <laughs> Now, of course, the movies, you spoke about all mm -hmm. the movies, but The Muppets came back with a variety-style show. Uh, was called Muppets Tonight, and it, it actually lasted for two seasons, although one season on ABC in the US, uh, and the other season was on the Disney Channel. So uh, only one on free-to-air mm -hmm. and one on the Disney Channel. And it was a Tonight Show that starred the Muppets and was hosted by a character who had appeared previously as part of Electric Mayhem as the glockenspiel player. That is such a great fact. <laughs> I can't prove it mathematically, but there's image of it somewhere. Okay. Uh, named Clifford. Uh, Clifford was uh, just a guy with dreadlocks, part of Electric Mayhem, uh, played, by the way, by uh, Kevin Clash, who you probably know better as Elmo. Sounds nothing like Elmo. It's, it's extraordinary. Uh, so Kevin, Kevin Clash came into Box Colors. We interviewed him, and it was freaky. It was just because, yeah. yeah, he'd go, yeah, I'm Kevin Clash. I'm here to do the interview. Yeah, okay, I'll just Elmo now. Hello! <laughs> and he's like, he's, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. It's, oh, no, freaky. Yeah, it's, it's no good. Uh, so here's a little bit of Muppets tonight. Now, a, a lot of these clips, we probably should have warned you earlier, but you're already here and you bought tickets, so whatever. Uh, a lot of them have come from really, really shitty YouTube clips. Uh, and Muppets tonight, a lot of it's just taken off VHS. So this is one of the better ones that we found. <coughs> 
nothing much than that. The show that has people all over the country saying, Where's the remote? Our <laughs> special guest tonight is the super duper supermodel, Cindy Crawford. Here's a little piece of trivia for you. Did you know that our guest star, Cindy Crawford, got her start right here with the Muppets? Yeah! She was a director on a very popular afternoon show, I'm sure you all remember, called the Kermit the Frog Club. Uh, who remembers the show? Okay, so maybe you don't remember, but we're going to take a look at it anyway. Here's Cindy Crawford as one of the original Frogateers. So there's, there's a few things about Muppets Tonight that just didn't work. Uh, Do you want to point out the guy in the front row? Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. All right, so you can probably see it better because you're, you're far away. Um, his name is L. Ron. <laughs> they just threw that in there. Who knows why? Uh, so it, did, it didn't work for a number of reasons. I think a lot of it has to do with uh, Disney bought the Muppets as, uh, as a franchise in the intervening years. And, uh, and, and they just kind of didn't get well, the, I mean, the subversion of the it. The funny thing is the Muppets Tonight should have worked. It makes perfect sense. And it's actually much more coherent, I think, than the Muppet Show was. Um, I think that's the problem. But that though. is possibly the problem. Yeah, no, I genuinely believe that. And, and also the thing about Clifford is that he's, he's just a Tonight Show host. There's no... A whole bunch of new characters were created for Muppets Tonight. The only one of them that went on to kind of go in the films was Pepe. Yep. Who was a prawn. prawn. Um, <laughs> who's an excellent character. Again, I can't say why Pepe works. I don't know, but he's an excellent character. But, um, he's yeah, got attitude, I think that's... He, he does. He's a little man syndrome, which yeah. is kind of funny. Um, but it's just that, yeah, that odd thing of Muppets Tonight. I, I don't know. I mean, are there, are there fans of Muppets yeah. Tonight? Yeah. 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 Has, does anyone know, has it been released on, on DVD? Is it available in any way other than this crappy form? <laughs> I have more crappy FLV files if anyone wants them. I'll be handing them out after. It's, I, I, sh- I should mention one of my favourite Muppet scenes ever, though, does come from Muppets Tonight. And it's, it's, one of the, it's the first appearance of Pepe, um, Pepe the Prawn, I think. And he's performing with an elephant in a, is this right, in a double act? Seymour and Pepe. Seymour and Pepe. <laughs> and it's like, a, hey, what do you get when you're crossing an elephant with a rhino? I don't know. What do you get? Elephino! <laughs> Cuts to no reaction from the audience. Elephino! And then later on, it comes back and they have a chart. And they're explaining the joke to the audience. <laughs> and that is a truly, so, yeah, so phenomenal yeah, the, bit. There were things that could have worked, but there was definitely a gap. Definitely a gap in, in the thoughts there. And so, mm-hmm. so that really brings us to the end of Legacy 1. Oh, there's one more thing. No. No, there's one more thing. No. There is one more thing. Is there? There is. One more thing. The darkest, darkest evil oh. corner of the Muppet world. No, John. I know, I know. Assassin's you thought we could just... Cl- no, I'm going to mention it because I had to watch the clips. There is one dark, evil part of the Muppet world. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Muppet babies! <laughs> Muppet Babies, once you hear it, you can't unhear it. Let's play it now. Uh, no refunds.
right in here? Yes, Mommy. Uh, in, interesting fact about uh, Muppet Babies, Nanny, played by Barbara Billingsley, who was, of course, anyone? 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 Leave it to Beaver's mother and also Jive Talkin' Grandma on Flying High. <laughs> I also uh, want to point out Muppet uh, Babies. Yes, yes. Another little side fact, the first ever McDonald's Happy Meal toys were Muppet Babies. Yes, they were. You're making it worse! <laughs> <laughs> it's just hellish already! I mean, it's terrible animation. It's not the same cast. It, it, the, the scripts are appalling. It lasted longer than The Muppet Show. Eight seasons. Eight seasons. Eight seasons. And, and can I read this? This is thing from Wikipedia. Yes. Muppet Babies is known for starting a trend of relaunching popular cartoon characters as younger versions of themselves. The trend can be seen in numerous TV series, such as a pup named Scooby-Doo, The Flintstone Kids, Baby Felix... Tom and Jerry Kids, The Jungle Cubs, based on the characters from Walt Disney's animated film The Jungle Book, as well as the short-lived The Little West Wingers, in which a teenage Jed Bartlett has to babysit toddler versions of CJ, Josh and Toby, <laughs> all of whom were voiced by Casey Kasem. <laughs> I made the last bit up. <laughs> but it is on Wikipedia. <laughs> it, it was. It was. Uh, John, I, I think it's you're being. Not there now. I think you're being a little bit harsh. No, about the no, no. I, think, no. I think you are. I think it's a lot more subversive and thoughtful than you think. I think it's kind of like an Ed Wood level of taking found footage and combining it with animation, which was never done before, except for Yom Cross, and <laughs> uh, and and taking that to a mainstream audience and using that as a way to teach children to use their imaginations. Are you overthinking the Muppet Babies? I could be overthinking the Sometimes Muppet Sometimes it's just a cigar, Josh. Just a cigar. <laughs> and yeah, Yoram Gross would be turning in his grave, presumably. I, uh, no, is I, he, did, is he, he dead? dead? We I don't know. know. We didn't look that bit anyway. up. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I think, that's, I think Muppet Babies, we can now move on, okay. now that we have cathartically worked through that. Uh, Were there any fans here of Muppet Babies? I'm not saying that aggressively. Really? Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Hey! Uh, it's an audience lynching! <laughs> I told you not to show that black and white minstrel stuff. <laughs> I know, I know. So, we, we come to Legacy It two. won four daytime Emmys! For outstanding... Oh, no, Cole. <laughs> it was the only animation at the time that wasn't Hannah Barbera. still doesn't count. It should still have been nothing. They should have just... Legacy, John. Legacy. Full of urine on the side of the stage rather than getting into <laughs> Muppet babies. Sorry, Josh? <laughs> I just remembered why last time we thought we should never use these again. Because I do that. You're blind people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the legacy. So, so in a very obvious sense, the Muppet Show influenced popular culture in other ways. And one of those particular ways was the wider acceptance of using Muppets for adult-targeted entertainment. So you've, uh, before, that, before the Muppet Show, there really wasn't any adult-targeted entertainment using a children's medium like that. They also kind of defined a certain type of puppet yes. as well. Oh, which again, we should say, does anyone know where the word Muppet comes from? Jim Henson made it up. Doesn't mean anything. 
Doesn't there you go. Thing. Years later, he would say it means marionette and puppets. And puppet no, or... didn't. Just, just it was a word he liked the sound of. It was the 60s. So we've all unlearned something <laughs> tonight. Um, yeah, so, and everyone knows what a Muppet is. Everyone kind of knows what a Muppet does. Everyone knows what a, what a, what a Muppet is. Certain... And, and then when you, so when you see a puppet that is made of that kind of felt, that has that kind of uh, device, using, moving the arms or has hands going in, real hands, mm. something like that, we automatically get a connection back to yes. the Muppets. And uh, a lot of that also has to do with the fact that uh, people then hired the Henson Workshop to make all their puppets yeah, because they knew how to do it. But we've got some, uh, we've, we've got some clips. Because <laughs> what would we be without clips? Shorter. Uh, <laughs> of, uh, of, of some things that you might recognise that were clearly influenced by The Muppet Show. singing from a mongoose with throat cancer. I won't stand for this treatment any longer. I'm an artist. I demand respect. Artist? Oh, that's a good one. That's it. I've had enough. I'm going straight to bed. You do that, darling. What is going on over there? Heidi, where are you going? Trevor, you haven't upset her again, have you? You know what happens when she gets into a tiz. Oh, your cows had it too good for too long. Like it or not, Trevor, she's the star of the show. There's no feebles without Heidi. Come on, everybody. We're going out live in 12 hours. Heaven forbid injecting some urgency into this occasion. But for God's sake, get a move on! Fact. There are 3.2 million puppets, or as we prefer to be called, fabricated Americans, currently residing in the United States. And despite all of our many accomplishments, most people would still rather shammy their car with us than have us date their daughters. But, you know, I don't let it get me down. Hey, after all, you know, some of my best friends are humans. Hey, Greg. Hey, Jimbo. What are you doing home from work? Dude, I hate being a pool man. It's not like in the movies at all. What, no horny housewives? No, all they want me to do is clean their pools. Yeah, well, at least you have a job. It is impossible for a puppet to find work out there. Well, they're hiring at the arcade. Yeah, dollar fifteen hour to be whack-a-mole? I don't think so. You should see the guy I'd be replacing. Talks like Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Why can't you just get me a job over at uh, Sweet Knuckle Junction? Don't start, Greg. All right, I'm not calling my dad. Oh, come on, Jim. I'm not calling him. Well, fine, then I'm not going to stop doing this. Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. It's not gonna work, Jimmy, Greg. Jimmy, 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 Jim, 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 Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. Stop! I'm calling him. Yeah. <laughs> 
Many more clips. Um, that was just a, yeah, a, a selection. Yeah, really. really. Um, including The Simpsons, which I think you were going to mention. The, 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 yeah, so as, as well as. Um, I'll just go over that slide. Where's that slide? Oh, you're in the way of that slide. I'm in slide. the way of that slide. Yeah. See ah, now. Yeah. See? Yeah. Yeah, classy. No one noticed. <laughs> no, no one. <laughs> uh, so The Simpsons, etc. As I said before, it was a child's medium that was then made acceptable for adults. And The Muppet Show really paved the way for that. It paved the way for shows like The Simpsons, King of the Hill, Family Guy, if you like that sort of thing. Uh, and, and so animation came out of that. Uh, and, and, of course, things like Dinosaurs as well, which was a family-based sitcom that was all puppets who were also dinosaurs. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, it was essentially the Flintstones, which was essentially the Honeymooners, which was... Yeah. Uh, so it really, it really paved the way for, for all of that. I think we've got that point. And can I mention, too, with, with The Simpsons, because um, there was a, apparently an episode of The Simpsons where they get turned into Muppets. Uh, I think it's apparently one of the Halloween specials, which we, we didn't play, but it also reminded me, which I wanted to mention, I read today... That, uh, that was the most animated you've ever seen, David Boreanaz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> Avenue Q, this is slightly more Sesame Street, oh, yeah, but yeah. Avenue Q, the, the, the musical, David. Uh, <laughs> David. Sorry, David. <laughs> the musical. Oh, I've, I've got the audience. <laughs> um, 
Avenue Q is, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's a musical sort of based on Sesame Street, it's all Muppets, they sing, but they have sex and all the various Meet the Feebles type action. Um, in New York this week, Rod and Ricky became the first gay married puppets in the US. <laughs> And, you know, and people thought gay marriage would somehow make a mockery of the institution. I know. <laughs> it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. So, there is a third set of legacy. Yeah, legacies are... Yes. Cashing in. Well, it's, it's more just, yeah, odd, additional, ephemera. It's like those bits at the back of the Bible. They couldn't quite decide where they went. <laughs> the Apocrypha. Took me a while. Apocrypha. Yeah. Whose Bible is that, John? It's, it's a Bible thing. Is it a Bible thing? It is thing? a Bible thing. There are bits of the Bible they weren't quite no. sure. And right. Right. someone decided at one point going, oh, that's in, that's out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was it like a footy card thing? Got, got, need, got, yeah. Yeah. need. Got. It's all just full of citation required and brackets. Oh. After. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, cash grab, ephemera, whatever you want to call it. This is something that Statler and Waldorf did in 2005, which was... The same year that YouTube started, it was a web video series for movies.com. Hello, we're coming to you from the balcony on movies.com. I'm Statler. And I'm Waldorf. And we're not dead. Yet. <laughs> Each week, we'll tell you what to see and what to avoid. Avoid Paris Hilton. You know, I stayed there once. Who hasn't? <laughs> Later in the show, some friends will be stopping by. And we'll give you our Oscar predictions. I can do that right now. I predict boredom. <laughs> but first, coming to a theater near you, is Keanu Reeves' latest... Constantine. In this movie, Keanu plays a human. That's a stretch. <laughs> Who protects the earth against demons escaped from hell? And if you're like me and you've just discovered that this thing existed and you didn't know that in 2005 and you hate yourself a little bit more for it, <laughs> we can have like a group session afterwards. Uh, all I've ever wanted was a show that featured Statler and Waldorf as their own critics. It's Ooh. just... Extraordinary, and if anyone can find me DVDs of that, I will totally give you like five bucks. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's Statler and Waldorf. So that was venturing off into the web realm, and as you're walking in, you would have seen a whole bunch of videos, in, including that excellent, excellent Bohemian Rhapsody one that, yeah. that finished it off. Disney have started doing these web-only Muppet videos, kind of in the lead-up to the upcoming Muppet movie. Uh, then there's also something else that happened in around 2005. Uh, Disney signed a deal with a French TV channel called TF1 where they were going to do their own version of The Muppet Show. It was going to call, be called Les Muppets because uh, they're inventive. <laughs> and, and they did a pilot, 15-minute pilot. It was quite funny. So they clearly thought, let's not do that. Uh, let's do this other show instead in 2006 called Muppets TV. Does anybody speak French in the audience? Yeah. You're going to think this is not as funny as it could have been. Alors, donc il y a un serge. Moi, je suis le roi de la vanne. 
je suis Gonzo, je suis ténor et je vais vous interpréter. Tu fais quoi dans l'émission, Gambit Non, mais enfin, je comprends pas que tu me poses la question. Enfin, c'est simple, je suis le patron, le boss, le fromage de tête, le grand manito, le présentateur, quoi. Ouais, justement, le boss. T'as pas un truc à demander à Pascal Oui, première question Si tu devais trouver une héroïne pour une comédie musicale, elle serait blonde et rose, rose et blonde, ou alors blonde et légèrement rosée. Euh... Très bon C. Et surtout très belle avec euh, beaucoup de charisme et une très 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 grosse personnalité. Mmh, oui, mais comme toutes les femmes, j'aime les compliments. Alors répète, répète, répète-le encore. So, there's a few weird things uh, about that. One is uh, Disney allowed the Muppets to be sent over to France to, to have that made which created some kind of weird controversy about there being... There's this rule in, in Muppetdom that there is one performer for that Muppet and that might get passed on to another performer, but at any one time there's only one performer per Muppet, but most of them didn't speak French like that. So what were they going to do? Well, Disney wanted the money. They sent all the Muppets over, but Peggy is weird. Hey, her name's Peggy in French. Who knew? She does this psychology segment, which doesn't work. But her nose is kind of off-model. It, it, it's like she's had a nose job. <laughs> it's, it's bizarre. It didn't last. It lasted 10 How, episodes. But these are, these are full-length episodes? Is these, are, uh, these are 45-minute episodes. Oh, OK. Uh, and, yeah, too long. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it only lasted 10. TF1 went through a, a takeover at the end of that year. And that was a really good excuse to not renew Muppets TV. The world is not crying over it. We, we have one final clip as well on this strange ephemera. Because uh, we've seen Alan Arkin and Diana Ross so far. I think it's important we have another guest star. Hey, hang on. What, 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 what was that word you used before? <laughs> Doug's made this. We've got to use Ephemera? It. Yeah, that word. Ephemera. <laughs> Someone genuinely rigged that up for us. We, we asked... Yes, a, yesterday I had the idea of, oh, wouldn't that be a great gag? But we need something we can just press. It's, a, it's one button and it goes up there and there's an MP3 file and it's just like too much technology has gone into allowing us to do that. Um, so, it's a so terrible joke. Let's have, have one, more, one more guest. Uh, this one is Kylie Minogue, Daniel. Let's, <laughs> have a, let's have a listen to a bit of Kylie. This next song was a huge hit in 1989. I have been lucky enough to work with some of the loveliest and the sexiest men in the industry. But there's one guy who stole my heart many, many years ago, and I haven't had the opportunity to work with him until tonight. Especially for you.
That's clearly enough of that. <laughs> so that, so they, they appear. They appear everywhere. Uh, the show was really that influential for, for us all. So clearly the next question is, how does it hold up today? As, as a show on its own, looking back at The Muppet Show, three seasons have been released on DVD. They are all still very funny, as we saw earlier. The jokes still work. Still funny. The concept is still as completely ridiculously bizarre as it was when it first aired, if not even a little bit more bizarre. It's probably a little bit more violent than we're used to seeing mm-hmm. on, uh, on, on television now, uh, other than, say, Oz. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I was listening to an interview, actually, with one of the producers of the Muppet mm. Show um, on BBC Radio, and he was saying how... Curiously, he thinks the musical numbers, all the Muppet bits, stand up really well. It's the special guest stars that he thinks actually date it. It's the, the bits where Cheryl Ladd comes out and does a, a number. Uh, actually, the bits that make you go, oh, yeah, this is old. Whereas the actual set pieces... Uh, yeah, work, work well. And work. even even the old vaudeville-style gags, like, and I wish I had this as a clip, but I don't. There's this great uh, running gag through one of the episodes where the phone, uh, stage-right phone, rings... Fozzie answers it, and each time there's a, some kind of visual or, or audible gag. So uh, he'd answer it, and water would come out. Who was yeah. it? It was the water department. You know, just, oh, yeah. right? Oh, stuff yeah. like that. And, and it's where I learnt that joke. Oh, you don't say. You don't say. Who was that? Didn't say. <laughs> there's also right. a really lovely one where Kermit's just sitting in that side desk. He's drinking something in a straw. The liquid's going down. And eventually he looks up and goes, think about this, folks. And he keeps drinking. And you go... <laughs> and that stuff still works, but the yeah. guests don't. Like, who wants to see Roger Moore? And, and right, two people. <laughs> That's not a large demographic, I've got to say. Just um, buy the DVD of The Saint. So, I mean, so, so we're saying it does hold up. I mean, it's still around. There's a new film coming out. There is a new film coming out, but also I don't think it would work as a new TV show. I don't think the concept of variety lives up to, to what it is today. And... We kind of saw that with Muppets Tonight, where they tried it as a Tonight Show, and it was just a little bit too literal. I think also there is that thing about being made in England, where it was almost like they were away from teacher. It was like they were they were left to their own devices to a degree, I think, and allowed to just be nuts. And well, that's the other thing as well. Disney owns it now, yeah. And Disney doesn't like sex or violence. But also, it's almost like too much thought contracts. would go into it now. That that rough hewn randomness of it, hmm. I think, would be would be developed out of it before it got made. Yeah, so, so we, don't, we don't really think that, uh, that it could be made again, but the originals still hold up. As I said, three seasons have been released on DVD. We're waiting for the other two. Uh, and they also have heaps of extra bits like we've shown tonight, which is so worthwhile. So that brings us almost to the end. Pretty Does really? anybody have any questions? No? Good. So... <laughs> The Muppet Show was, as we've said before several times, it was a variety show. It was a vaudeville show at heart. That's what it was. It always had a guest. It always ended with a song. So we have a guest, and we would like to end with a song. Um, Can you please welcome Linda Bernard and Yanai Morris in? Uh, Linda will be singing this room. First, you and I will be on the ukulele. They're going to be performing the song uh, I'm Going to Go Back There Someday, originally performed by Gonzo in the Muppet movie.
too soon to feel yet close to my soul and yet so far away I'm going to go back there someday Sun rises night falls sometimes the sky calls is that a song there do I belong there? I've never been there, but I know the way. I'm going to go back there someday. Come and go with me, it's more fun to share. Linda Bernard, and yet I'm Morris. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. So now, really, that's the end. Uh, any questions? Really, ignore the earlier bit. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, some roving mics or a roving mic if anyone has a question about the Muppet Show or, or wants to share a memory. I, I actually think it's probably like one of the most influential shows on television. I think it's, it's, it really is as extraordinary as we said. This wasn't just bullshit. I, I uh, actually <laughs> said the Muppet movie ruined my life um, <laughs> because I genuinely thought somebody would give me the standard rich and famous contract. I really thought... <laughs> I really honestly thought life was going to work that way and there would be that moment where you would walk into the right office at the right time and... No. <laughs> so for John it was therapy. <laughs> and for me it was revisiting. But, but yeah, it's, it's that thing of... You need to find out where the inspiration comes from. Uh, and I still don't know. All of that two months of research. No idea. Any other questions? I always felt watching the show that... Um that how successful a guest was actually depended on how real they thought the Muppets were. Um, I, I distinctly remember not thinking Bob Hope worked because I don't think he liked the fact that the Muppets were funnier than he was. And I, I think he treated them like puppets. Mm. Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so obviously the, the guests would come on who I wouldn't necessarily have known who they were, but I liked them as guests because they understood that these guys were real. So I, I, from your point of view, who do you think 
were, was the best or among the best guests and the worst? I think John Cleese is a really good guest. Mm. There's an episode with John Cleese because um, they keep trying to force him to do a number, to do a musical number, which he just does not want to do. And he gets angrier and angrier. And there's these great scenes where they keep basically just pushing him out and start singing, to dream impossible dreams and get me the frog! And, and they actually manage to make a number happen around him when he's angry. And that's great because you believe him and you believe that relationship. And it's all about loss. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, again, it's very the films too. I think the films that don't work are the ones where they put a human in the centre. So Muppet Christmas Carol makes Michael Caine the lead. We don't want to see Michael Caine as the lead. We want to see Gonzo as the lead. And, you know, Michael Caine to... Oh, the, we didn't talk about the Muppet Shot. The Muppet Shot, which I know, David, actually, ah, you, you're yeah, familiar yeah. with. The Muppet Shot is a, um, is a cinematic term, and uh, it works like this. Uh, ex- excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. I'm Bing Hope. Uh, Bob Hope. Or Bing Crosby. It doesn't matter. It, 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 it's, it's very similar to the... Uh, to You're the, on the road somewhere. I know. It's very similar to the, to the James Bond villain reveal. Except that it's, um, it's always, you know... It's Phyllis Teller. Yeah, and, uh, and it's, it's Richard Pryor selling balloons. And you still see it in films now, in non-Muppet films, you will see the, the Muppet reveal, where obviously this is the guest star. They want to kind of... Oh, look. Uh... I really, I really love Rita Moreno's uh, spot where, where she's, she's doing this dance number uh, with a, a very large human-sized uh, Muppet who she throws around the bar, the bar as she's doing the dance. Like he's, he's trying to kind of mack on her and, and she's like, no, get away, and throws him away. And that, that kind of diving into the, into the experience as a whole and just treating them like real creatures is, is exactly what... So you also Ethel Merman, Daniel. <laughs> Ethel, Ethel Merman. And sorry, I know you guys have a show in 25 minutes, so if you do need to run, that's absolutely fine. Um, Ethel Merman, oddly enough, fit the Muppet world because she felt like she was from the Muppet world. You know, it was like she's so perfectly Muppety in that yeah. world. And you kind of went, well, that's obviously where Ethel Merman should be. That's probably where she lives. Well, but, she, she was a bit felty. She was well. quite felty. Yeah, felty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Really bad or just didn't work? I'm always like fascinated when you see the guests who obviously genuinely want to be on there because it's a variety show, which isn't bad. But like when you see Cheryl Ladd or Linda Stone or someone, and they, they, you know, they can sing, they can dance, they genuinely want to hoof it a bit. Florence Henderson, yeah. uh, not known as a singer. Oh, yeah. uh, no, not for me. For me, she is known. Not, not known to Josh. For, for, me, for me, she is known as a neglectful mother. Uh, <laughs> Florence Henderson only did serious songs on The Muppet Show and that was just weird because she's actually quite a good comic actor and, mm. and to only do serious songs, it kind of felt like everything was wasted in, in that sense. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're mine. Any other questions? Why did the original only get a five-season run? Why did the Ask Star Trek. I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. It, things, it, things were taken off air for no good reason. It's weird. It only existed apparently because this syndication slot opened up, and uh, it, it only exists for a bunch of really weird corporate things that all happened at the same time. So I don't know whether it was just one of those things that you hit a magic number and that's all they wanted. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They, they did the films shortly after. Maybe, maybe they themselves. It's like yeah. A Monty Python style thing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. What's Star Trek? Uh, yes, you, and then you. And then you. <laughs> One eclipse you didn't show was that fantastic interview Michael Parkinson did with Miss Guinea, um, in which she made him blush repeatedly. Uh, um, did they ever do that kind of interview on Australian 
did they ever do an, an interview with a real a real interviewer and well Rove did Elmo Rove interviewed Elmo quite a lot uh, as far as as far as Muppet Show at the time I don't think so no but that's me saying I don't think so not not definitively no. Yes, please, right, please do. And poke mm. holes in it as well. Wasn't Kermit the Frog originally a lizard? He was lizardish in, uh, in Sam and Friends. He, he was, was unspecified, I think. Was, was, he was just Kermit. And he was, yeah. Have a great show, guys. I'm actually a special guest on their radio show tonight, so this is going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, un- unspecified. But he didn't have... And, and in that, uh, uh, in that uh, Johnny Carson shot as well... He doesn't have the the collar mm-hmm. that is clearly the frog collar because all frogs have that. <laughs> and nostrils, apparently. And nostrils. Yeah, for smelling. Uh, and you. I'm just curious. Who's the guy on the desk? Oh, that's Vern. Uh, if you go to uh, FAO Schwartz, which is a, a big a big store, big toy store in New York, used to be a much bigger, better toy store in New York, but. You know, everything did as well. Uh, the Muppets have a, a workshop there where you can get a whatnot created. And this is, this is a whatnot. A whatnot has uh, a head and arms, but really no body or legs. Uh, it's kind of a half, a half a Muppet. And so this is Vern. I had him made. You go there, you get, you get a kit of, uh, of like, like an identikit where you can take stickers and, and put them on. Wouldn't that be great if they did identikit like Muppets on the news? <gasps> That'd be terrifying. It, and it'd be just a bit cheerier. It's like, you know, this man shot three people, but oh, his nose comes off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> it would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that's Vern. When I stick my arm in Vern, he does some lewd things, so I'm not going to do that now. Um, but he really loves boobs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you can go and get your own made up. And, 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 and we, we were there. Uh, and I, I took 45 minutes to have mine made. And there are kids that just go, blah, 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 make this! And they're getting like weird, like moustaches with Statue of Liberty. And it's crazy. It makes no sense. <laughs> A lot of people. A lot of people do. A lot of yeah, people yeah, do you that. You're even more Muppet made up. A lot of people do that. I uh, I Muppetized uh, someone who loves boobs. Uh, yeah, yeah, the microphone, and then and then I'll run the microphone across. Um, and we know we, we have people have got nine o'clock shows for Miff, so we need to. Uh, yes. Um, is there somewhere we can get a manamana button? Because I could really. <gasps> no. I oh, so, uh, hang, you, does anyone have any words? Does anyone have any more manamana manamana words? Because we read out on. Well, hang on, hang on. We, Sorry, we what was that, that again? <laughs> awesome. Uh, you know what? We speak to us after. I'll try to hook you, hook you up with dogs. He really he made that last the night shop for next us. Week. Like just just uh, amazing. Uh, there was a question over here, and then I think we. I wish you should. Yes. Sorry, you just made me think of it. In the first. I'm sorry. Season, <laughs> season one. They gave all of the guest stars a Muppet likeness of themselves, and then it just sort of stopped. It's, it's only for a few episodes, I think, and then they I think it's like yeah three, yeah and yeah, it, yeah. and then they went, "Why are we doing this?" I think also because it to me it raises questions about them being Muppets. To me, it kind of ruins the effect that if they're giving the guest a Muppet of themselves, going, "But they're real. You can't just make them." 
Dr. Mengele. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, you know, they string vats out the back. Well, you're making felty Vincent prices. That's not right. You monster. So, um, yes, I, I, that's my guess. <laughs> classical literature and brought it to life. Mm-hmm. After A Christmas Carol, I tried to sit down and read it. I got through the first three pages and, and unfortunately couldn't proceed anymore. But Muppets made it very true to life and made it very interesting and accessible to children. So. Well, it's, oh, it's true, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, Muppets Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> uh, Muppets War and Peace. Muppets yeah, War and the, Peace is going to be awesome. Uh, they did a Dr. Zhivago, but it was short. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's Muppets Metamorphosis in which this giant cockroach wakes up as a man! <laughs> That was good. I made that up just there. <laughs> uh, I think that's the, that. that's the good joke to end on. <laughs> that's it. Thank that's you it. so much for coming out. As I said, uh, no refunds. <laughs> um, and, and that's it. If, if you enjoyed this, we're on boxcutters.net. John's on almost every week. It's random. It's, it's not random. You just don't know the algorithm. Okay. <laughs> There's uh, on every week. We're talking about TV all the time. Boxcutters.net. 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 Uh, <laughs> that's it. Thank you so Thank much. You for um, leave in 20 minutes. Leave, so I'd just like to not only thank Josh and John, but thank you all for coming out tonight as well, um, especially the other person in the room that freely admitted to liking Muppet Babies, because <laughs> feel that. Uh, there's some um, sort of fill-out forms if you had the time before MIF to fill something out and let us know if there's anything else you want to see it live in the studio and give us some feedback. Otherwise, thank you all so much for coming, and have a good night. Woo!